Hour number three of the morning after begins right here, right now on the grid. Sirius XM channel 159, the new home for Sports Grid Radio on Sirius XM. And all across the Sports Grid Network, I am Ben Stevens. You can call it hour number three, or you can call it happy hour. Either work, because on this Thursday, we set you up for a great weekend ahead. Yes, a football Friday tomorrow, but football in the NFL begins tonight for week number 13. The Dallas Cowboys and the New Orleans Saints, and we preview that game in full coming up here in this third and final hour. Liv Moods from Volume and FanDuel joins us next to talk about TNF. And then Saints reporter Aaron Summers following that for a full breakdown from the New Orleans perspective of what to expect tonight in the Big Easy. And then to round out happy hour, Brian Fonseca from FanDuel joins for some NBA focus on this Thursday night as well. But we begin to start out hour number three in our West Coast wake-up portion of this show as we welcome in our West Coast audience to the morning after here on SportsGrid. We're going to talk basketball out in Los Angeles, both pro and college. Let's begin in the NBA. The LA Clippers against a California foe last night in the Sacramento Kings. The Clippers at home inside Staples Center, but no home cooking last night for the Clips. They lose to the Kings 124-115. The Sacramento Kings winning outright as a six-point underdog. Now, Sacramento has covered in three of their last four games as an underdog. They are six in eight ATS as an underdog this year. The Clippers, meanwhile, have been a favorite in 19 of LA's 22 games so far this season, just eight and 10 against the number as a favorite so far this year. In fact, LA's on a little bit of a slide right now for the Clippers. They have lost four of their last five games, seven of their last nine games, and they have only covered once in the past six contests for the Clippers as of late. So trends to know as you approach the betting market for both the Los Angeles Clippers and the Sacramento Kings. The Kings have been good as of late as an underdog. They have covered in three of their last four games when booked as a dog. The Clippers, meanwhile, have been booked as a favorite in all but three games so far this year, just 8-10 and 10 against the number as a favorite this season. And LA has lost four of their last five games, seven of their last nine overall. So from the pro basketball landscape down to the college ranks, the UCLA Bruins also in action last night in the first Pac-12 game of the season in Westwood for the Bruins and Mick Cronin taking on Colorado, who, if you remember, the Buffs made the NCAA tournament just a season ago. UCLA last night, a 13.5-point home favorite. They do not cover but they win by double digits, 73-61 over the Buffaloes from Boulder in Colorado. So the Bruins do not cover as a 13.5-point home favorite. In fact, UCLA has only covered once in their last four games. They got off to an incredibly good start against the spread, but now just 4-4 four and four ATS and even 500 against the number so far this year. 13.5 points is a hefty spread for a conference game, and winning by double digits is no small task against a conference opponent, yet UCLA does not cover as a 13.5-point favorite last night against Colorado. It was only the second cover of the entire year for the Buffs last night. The first game when they were booked as an underdog, Colorado just 2-6 against the spread this year uh, overall, and their first cover last night 
as an underdog so far this season. As we welcome in our Sports Grid radio audience here to the third and final very, very happy hour on the morning after. You're listening on Sirius XM Channel 159, the Mightier 1090 out on the West Coast. I am Ben Stevens, a West Coast native in this our West Coast wake up here on the morning after. We're talking about basketball out in Los Angeles, both on the pro level, the LA Clippers falling at home last night to the Sacramento te uh, Kings, another team from California. The Kings winning that game 124-115, winning outright as a six-point underdog. Then you had in the collegiate ranks, the UCLA Bruins winning by 12 last night in their Pac-12 opener against the Colorado Buffaloes, but... UCLA was a 13.5-point favorite. They did not cover that margin last night against the Buffs. UCLA has only covered once in the past four games. So as you look at the UCLA Bruins right now, still the favorites to win the Pac-12 Conference on the FanDuel Sportsbook. As I scroll through and find these odds, if I am able to, I scrolled too far. Now we scroll back up. He went too far again. I'm not sure they're up there. We'll give you the updated odds on UCLA to win the Pac-12 here later on in this week but as you look at ucla now to win a national championship on the FanDuel sportsbook plus 1800 are the bruins right now 18 to 1 to win a national championship in college basketball this year and as you peruse through this board we have talked about the odds so far this season gonzaga was the preseason favorite at a very short number as that stood there plus 650 the only team in triple digits entering this season in college basketball now gonzaga is plus 370 their odds have become shorter and shorter gonzaga has a win over ucla but the zags lost to duke and now duke has the second best odds to win the national championship at plus 900 followed only by ten dollars by the purdue boilermakers and i will say it once i will say it again the purdue boilermakers have outstanding value to win a national championship right now on the FanDuel Sportsbook. Purdue has struggled in Matt Painter's tenure in the NCAA tournament, and the Big Ten hasn't won a national championship in men's basketball in the past two decades, but Purdue might be able to turn that coin this year. Just something to keep in mind, 10-1 to 1 on the Boilers right now. Liv Moods joins us next to talk about Thursday night football. That's coming up here on The Morning After. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. The morning after on this Thursday rolls on right here on SportsGrid. Sirius XM, Channel 159, all across the SportsGrid network. I'm your host, Ben Stevens. Now very pleased to welcome on to the show once again, it is Liv Moods from Volume and FanDuel joining us here to help us get some edges for Thursday night football between the Dallas Cowboys and the New Orleans Saints. Liv, thank you for being back on the show. Thanks for having me. Yeah, I, hopefully I can uh, give out some bets that actually hit. The NFL has been brutal on me lately, uh, so yeah. I'm trying to keep my confidence and just keep moving forward. But man, it's been tough. I'm on week. We're on week 13, and I'm like, I don't know how much more of this I can handle. <laughs> 
Well, Liv, that's the thing. Once you get to week 13 and it's early December, like as you think you might be gaining an edge, the sports book is gaining 10 times the edges. It is so hard to beat the NFL, but Liv keeps it very fun and light, and she can joke with herself <laughs> sometimes if her bets don't hit. So if you speak mean things to Liv Moods, then you got to come through me first, and we will not let that happen. We are very happy to have Olivia Moody here on the morning after. So Liv, let's talk about Thursday night football. Now Alvin Kamara has been ruled out for New Orleans. The Dallas Cowboys have been moved up to a six-point favorite on the FanDuel Sportsbook. The over-under total is 47. From the overall perspective of this game, Liv, where do you think the best edge is for Thursday night football? Yeah, I mean, we've seen we saw this Cowboys team come out really hot in the first few weeks of play. I mean, I had been talking about how they were potentially a Super Bowl contending team and their defense has definitely struggled in the past few weeks. They're coming off of two losses. The Saints are coming off of four. This is not necessarily a game I would love to bet on, especially in terms of the spread. We've got over 70% of the public money riding with the Cowboys. So, of course, the home primetime dog sounds very appealing to me, but I am looking at some player props. Uh, I think player props are the way to go. If you look at a game and you just don't know what you like, uh, sometimes player props are the best way to find that edge. And right now I'm looking at one. I like Tony Pollard under 44 and a half rushing yards. The Cowboys are facing the third best run defense tonight in the Saints. Um, and he's hit this under in five of the last six. Plus, you can consider the fact that Zeke is also coming back. So he'll have quite a few less opportunities to run the ball and he's going up against a solid run defense in the Saints so I actually like him to hit this under and unders can be the most painful thing to bet on because they're just terrifying to watch and it makes you not want to watch the game at all but I do think that this is a solid play and I'm also going with another under because apparently I hate myself and I hate enjoying watching football that's obviously <laughs> what I'm doing tonight so I like the total under in this game as well the under is four and one in the Cowboys last five games and in the four games that Taysom Hill has started and had 16 or more pass attempts, the game has also gone under there. So I don't think the Saints team wants a shootout with the Dallas Cowboys because we all know how that's going to end. So I think they're going to be really, really heavy on that rush attack. And I don't think they're going to want to get in a shootout with Dak Prescott. So I like the under in this one. Liv, the trends certainly back you up. As you incorporate Thanksgiving football, so the three games that we had a week ago on Turkey Day, 10 of the last third or 12 Thursday night football games have hit an under. So 10 of the last 12 Thursday football games in the NFL have hit an under. And this is not a short week for either team. Both were in action on Thanksgiving, but that is a very, very strong trend for the Cowboys who have now played four of their last five, like Liv mentioned, to an under as well. And Liv, I'm all over that Tony Pollard as well because I was looking at this early in the week that if Ezekiel Elliott was going to get rest like they speculated he might have been, maybe that's where all the value was on Tony Pollard in the prop market. But now it seems like Zeke will be there. They'll probably split it 50-50. Hard to get a feel for what we are going to see tonight from that Dallas Cowboys offense. But you brought up something early on. The Cowboys got off to a great start this year and are still one of the favorites to win the NFC at plus 500. In fact, they are minus 750 to win the NFC East divisional market right now on the FanDuel Sportsbook. So Liv, how legitimate do you think the Dallas Cowboys are the rest of the way here in the NFL? You know, I think they're pretty legitimate. My only fear for them is their defense. You know, if they can't stop these other QBs that are in the NFC, they're really going to have a hard time making a deep run in their division. And I mean, like I said, they started off so hot and I was a big 
Fade the Cowboys girl. I am a Denver Broncos fan. I went to TCU, so I was in Dallas for four years. I got to see how obnoxious these Dallas Cowboys fans are. And it turned me off from this team so much. So I was all about fading this team in the beginning of the season. And I lost a lot of money doing that because they came out hot. They were ready to go. We had a healthy Dak Prescott. And when Dak Prescott is healthy... He is arguably one of the strongest QBs out there. However, this defense has been struggling in the past few weeks. They gave up almost 400 passing yards to Derek Carr last week. And this is a Derek Carr that was on a three-game losing streak and hadn't put up more than 300 passing yards the three games prior to that. So this defense is definitely having a hard time right now. And if they can't figure it out, then they're going to have a tough time um, this season because – Defense wins championships, so they've got to figure out the defense portion. Yeah. Offense, I don't worry about. Defense, I definitely worry about. Yeah, for sure. The Dallas Cowboys, despite Trayvon Diggs, who is so good at intercepting the football early in the year, the fifth worst passing defense in the National Football League so far this season. And Liv, you mentioned it. The Cowboys, to begin the year, were the last remaining unbeaten team against the spread. Still 8-3 and three ATS this year, so a good mark against the number. We'll see how that plays out tonight. Again, the Cowboys, a six-point favorite on Thursday night. Now, as the New Orleans Saints do not have Alvin Kamara, an over-under total of 47 for this game on Thursday night football. Liv, you mentioned it. You're a Broncos fan. The Broncos, a primetime game <laughs> this weekend as well. On yes. the road in Kansas City against the Chiefs. The Chiefs, a double-digit favorite, favored by 10 points. I'm not sure the Broncos go into Arrowhead and get an outright win, but can Denver cover that big number? Oh, absolutely. And I was I was pretty shocked when I saw it at 10. And I'm that's actually one of the plays I like this weekend is Broncos plus 10. We have seen how Patrick Mahomes plays when he is pressured by solid defense. And that's exactly what this Broncos team is. Call me biased. I think that this Broncos defense is extremely underrated. They are strong. They put a lot of pressure on Herbert last week, and we saw what that did for them. I also recall the last time that they were 10-point underdogs was when they went to Dallas, and mm. they won outright, and they won big mm. in that game. Uh, I mean, I know this Chiefs team is picking up steam, and they're looking a whole lot better than they did at the beginning of the season, but let's not forget they are still 1-5 against the spread when at home, and 10 points is a lot of points. So I actually like the Broncos to cover this spread. I like their defense to keep them in this game and I just think 10 is too many for a Chiefs team that started off as poorly as they did I know Broncos don't have a strong offense but their defense can definitely keep them in this one so I'm taking Broncos plus 10 yeah Liv Casey has been a favorite in every game this year if it holds at double digits it will only be the second time though that Kansas City has been a double digit favorite the first time also at home inside Arrowhead in a primetime game on a Monday against the New York Giants. Casey did not even get close to covering that 10.5-point spread against New York. Finally, Liv, not only the NFL, but the NBA is also where you have a lot of your attention. When it comes to your handicapping for props, for sides, totals in the NBA on a daily basis, what does that look like? Spreads and totals are really difficult for me, so I always stick to the player props when I'm looking at the NBA. Uh, I really, really like looking at who's injured on a team, so who has to step up and who is not going to be guarded by a really great player and can have himself a night. So I like looking at injuries first, and then I like looking at it from a defensive perspective. Um, a lot of these teams allow quite a few rebounds. They don't know how to get the rebounds. Maybe they're missing a center. I love a rebound prop, but I, I definitely look at these games from a defensive perspective because it's such a star-driven league. So definitely a player prop girl and definitely a defense girl, and that's kind of how I handicap the NBA. 
Live Moods from Volume Sports and FanDuel joining us here on the morning after. A preview of Thursday Night Football, some other NFL for week number 13, and giving you the edges in handicapping for the NBA as well. Live, as always, thank you so much for your time. Best of luck tonight with that Tony Pollard under as well. Thank you so much. We will talk again very soon. A full preview of Thursday Night Football is underway here on the morning after. Joining us next, a New Orleans Saints reporter, Aaron Summers, comes on to the show to talk about the Saints at home tonight as an underdog against the Dallas Cowboys. That's coming up next here on the morning after, Sirius XM, Channel 159. sportsgrid.com betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24 7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering real-time odds predictive betting models expert picks and more want the edge then get on the grid sportsgrid.com Welcome back to the morning after on SportsGrid, Sirius XM, Channel 159. I am Ben Stevens. Now very pleased as we continue on our Thursday night football preview to welcome on a host and reporter with the New Orleans Saints and the New Orleans Pelicans. But we focus on the Saints for Thursday night football tonight. It is Aaron Summers joining the show once again on the morning after. Aaron, I'm sure it is a busy Thursday down there in New Orleans. So we thank you very much for coming on the show. Absolutely happy to be here. Always excited to talk about the Saints. And it's nice when you're the only game on and everybody has to watch you, right? It will be a great game, I hope. Both teams playing on a Thursday again, not necessarily a short week because both were in action on Thanksgiving. And right now, Aaron, the Saints trying to stop a losing skid. They have lost four straight games. They've only covered once in that four-game span. What has the conversation been around the New Orleans Saints this week in trying to end this losing skid? A lot of it has been due to the injuries. Obviously, things looked a lot better with Jameis Winston as the quarterback. And once he went out, it was Trevor Simeon who stepped in. He did step in and take them to a victory against the Bucks. However, since then, it has been four losses. And at one point in all of those games, the Saints have been down by 17 points. At this time in the season, I think that everybody was ready for a change, and a lot of that also hands on injuries. And when Taysom Hill would be ready and back on the football field, he is good to go and will be starting for the Saints today, which will definitely change up things offensively for them. Yeah, as you mentioned, Taysom Hill will be the starter for Thursday night football against the Cowboys. What can we expect the offense to look like for New Orleans this evening? That is the big question. We're still waiting to see if running back Alvin Kamara will be good to go. He obviously changes things for any team as he is such a run threat and his ability to catch as well. So he's a dual threat there. With Taysom Hill as the quarterback, however, I think that they're going to emphasize the run in this game because his arm isn't exactly the same as somebody like even Trevor Simeon or obviously Jameis Winston doesn't have that big play ability. This is going to be a game that is won by the run. They're going to want to take up a lot of clock and make sure that they're able to establish that. It's going to be tough as there are also injuries on the offensive line. However, that's going to be the key to victory for them. Aaron, what has been the conversation around how the Saints try to keep this game close and attack the Dallas Cowboys in game planning for this matchup on Thursday Night Football? 
while they want to establish the run for themselves, they obviously want to stop the Cowboys run. And that starts with being able to stop Ezekiel Elliott, although he hasn't been their main workhorse of late. It's been Tony Pollard who's done really well for them. So they want to make sure that they're not focusing too much on Elliott because obviously he's been a little banged up. And then you want to have to limit what Dak, Dak Prescott can do. I mean, he's been incredible leading this team. They're offensively averaging over 419 total offensive yards a game. So you have to make them one-dimensional some way. And the Saints have been very good at stopping the run, although we're not so good against the Eagles. And we're going to kind of put that game aside. They've done really well against the run, and that's going to be the focus today. I mean, Philly has ran the football in five straight games for over 175 yards. So Philly's been having a great rushing attack against many NFL defenses. As we look at the two starting quarterbacks tonight, Aaron, you have Dak Prescott on the FanDuel Sportsbook right now. His passing yards prop, 280 and a half. Taysom Hills has actually gone up since last night. It was 208 and a hook last night. It is 211 and a half right now on the FanDuel Sportsbook. What has Taysom said about making his first start of the season for the Saints tonight? He said that he was ready to go on Tuesday when he was asked if he was healthy enough. Uh, However, he said that it's very hard to be a quarterback in this league, and it does take a lot of preparation. He's been watching. He's been on the sidelines dealing with an ankle injury that he suffered two games ago. And then he had the concussion for a while that's knocked him out. So he's done a lot of watching. And it's going to be interesting to see him back in the mix of things, actually running the offense. But he's ready. He's excited. He's going to step up to the challenge. And hopefully his angle is good because his ability to run and scramble is something that's huge for him as a quarterback. Yeah, Aaron, you mentioned it early on in this conversation that when the Saints upset the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, the reigning Super Bowl champions, even with Trevor Simeon in there as a quarterback, things were very optimistic for the Saints at this time. But now they have lost four straight games. So what's the attitude right now in that Saints locker room as they get ready for the home stretch of this NFL season? It's about doing what they have to do to get it done. They're still in the hunt here. They are five and six on the season. Lots of teams in the NFC are sitting at five and six, five and seven. I mean, there is a lot of people still playing for these last few wild card spots. And if they can win this game, then their season could turn around and they were, would be able to possibly go and play a Jets team that is beatable. And then, you know, they're right back in that playoff spot. So they definitely are hanging on that and the ability that this game means a lot for their postseason picture. And then they also, it's pride. I mean, last Thursday was not fun for anybody in the Superdome. It was loud and it was loud. Mm. If you were a Bills fan, there were a lot of Bills fans there. So it's about protecting (laughs) your home turf and stepping up to the challenge here. I mean, it's going to be a fun game. They've had a week off. So hopefully injury wise, they're feeling a little bit better and the preparation has been good. Yeah, Aaron, when you look at the Saints right now, you mentioned they are still very much in the hunt for an NFC wildcard spot. The ninth best odds right now on FanDuel to make the NFC postseason at plus 230. Sure, it was minus 150 just two weeks ago, but still certainly eyeing an NFC wildcard spot. So over these final five weeks of the NFL regular season, what's the one thing you want to see from the Saints that you think will really get them in contention for a postseason position? Alvin Kamara on the football field playing. <laughs> I don't. I think that that would be huge. 
Um, but th this offense has to figure out a way to be more productive. Last game, they only had 60, over 60 yards in the first half alone, and that was total. So I mean, you're not going to win games if you can't figure out a way to move the football at all. So that's something that they have to figure out. Defense has done well. They have definitely answered in a lot of games here with turnovers, interceptions. They've been doing their part. So it's going to be on the offense trying to figure things out if they really want to make that push for the playoffs. And maybe that offense gets going a little bit tonight with Taysom Hill running the football as we have seen him do many times down near the goal line, finding his ability to get into the end zone. Aaron, we had a guest come on just a little bit ago, Ryan Williams of FanDuel, saying Taysom Hill to find the end zone tonight, plus 190 is an anytime touchdown score prop. We know Taysom has been utilized in Sean Payton's offense in many years past. Do you think he will be a huge factor in that ground game attack tonight for New Orleans? Absolutely. This is going to be a short yardage game. You know, third downs are going to be huge. They want him to be kind of getting like three, four yards per carry here. And really, like I said earlier, run the clock and make sure that they're keeping the Cowboys off the field. So that's going to be their best defense really is to make sure that their offense is on the field a lot. So he is going to be used for some of those short carries. And then obviously at the goal line, he's unstoppable. And we've seen him do it so many times this season. So I think that he will definitely be a big use in this game. Aaron, we know the Saints have struggled as of late. They've lost four straight. The Dallas Cowboys also have not been playing their best football as of late. They have lost three of their last four. What have you seen from Dallas over this past month or so as we get ready for Thursday night football tonight? I think what makes this game even more interesting is the fact that they are dealing with so many COVID-19 issues. Obviously, their head coach, Mike McCarthy, is not going to be able to be on the football field. He's been helping virtually, but it's different when you don't have him there and then you're bringing Dan Quinn down. The defensive coordinator will act as the head coach in this game, but it's more than just the head coach. They have a lot of other people on the staff. Their strength and conditioning coaches have not been with the team for the past two weeks their weight rooms have been closed for that entire time because they don't want to spread anything so you don't have your players getting their usual conditioning and ability to use the facilities and then there's a lot of special team players that are out as well so that could be a factor i mean talking gunners people that are you know really important to the game in, in that aspect so that is going to change this game and then it depends on how much they want to use elliot because I don't think he's the best running back here for them. I, I think that I know that they like him. They want to use him as much as possible, but he's just not been performing to his best. I mean, Dan Quinn will be the acting head coach for the Dallas Cowboys tonight. The former head coach of the Atlanta Falcons, very familiar with the Saints and vice mm -hmm. versa for New Orleans as well. Aaron, you mentioned Alvin Kamara still trying to work to get ready tonight for Thursday night football. What should we be on the lookout for over the next couple of hours to see if Alvin will be ready tonight? He's been a limited participant this week, so he's been back on the field going through the motions. I wouldn't be surprised if they don't try to just wait until this game, not play him tonight, and use their kind of mini bye week that they have coming up to really make sure that he's healthy and good to go for these last few games of the season.
Yeah, and that stretch run is going to be so important for the Saints. Again, the ninth best odds right now to make the postseason in the NFC Conference at plus 230. Aaron Summers, a host and reporter with the Saints and the Pelicans covering everything there in New Orleans and getting us set for Thursday night football. The Saints, a six-point underdog at home right now against the Dallas Cowboys. Aaron, thank you so much for your time. Enjoy the game tonight. Thank you so much. Always a pleasure. A great time previewing Thursday night football. Also a couple of great games in the association tonight in NBA action. Brian Fonseca from FanDuel joins us next for an NBA focus. Some of the updates and headlines you need to know around the league. And also a preview of some fun games like one not far away from us here in Midtown Manhattan. That's coming up next here on the morning app. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Back right here on the morning after on SportsGrid Sirius XM Channel 159 and all across the SportsGrid network, I am Ben Stevens. Joined now by Brian Fonseca from FanDuel to focus on the NBA. Some great action tonight, some primetime games we need to dive into. But before we do that, we also look back on last night and some of the latest headlines you need to know around the association. But before we even do that, we just welcome Brian back onto the show. Brian, thank you so much for joining us here on a Thursday. Thank you for having me back. I appreciate it. Of course. So, Brian, last night, the Cleveland Cavaliers and the Miami Heat met up in a basketball game in South Florida. The Cleveland Cavaliers won that basketball game, and the Cavs have been incredible, not only at covering a number, but winning outright this year as an underdog. But that's not the focus, not the ATS trends. What's the focus is Miami's star young forward, Bam Adebayo, will miss at least four to six weeks, is the speculation, having surgery on his right thumb. How much does that impact the Miami Heat, Brian, in your opinion? We saw it last night, you know, and granted, it was a terrible matchup for them because Cleveland plays Laurie Market and Jared Allen and Evan Mobley together on some Monstars lineup. Uh, all guys are seven yeah. feet tall, very long wingspans, et cetera, et cetera. And you don't have Bam Adebayo out there. You don't have Jimmy Butler out there, which is also very important. Uh, he's not even back yet from his uh, latest injury. But with Bam, it's tough. Um, Woes reports four to six weeks. There are people at Five Reasons Sports Network who covered uh, South Florida sports, and I do some work with them, are reporting that, you know, that's a little more on the optimistic side, that Bam's thumb injury could be a little bit longer. But we'll see, you know, post-surgery what that's going to look like. As far as what it is now, I mean, look, Carnival Cruise Line, which Mickey Harrison owns, not doing so well during a pandemic, and the team has been hesitant to sort of go over the luxury tax as a result. So in terms of adding someone with the open roster spot they have, it makes things a little bit difficult. So I don't know what the course of action is going to be. We saw Casey Akpala play some five minutes uh, last night uh, at the center position, which, uh, I mean, he has not had a great season, and he's kind of been a bust so far, and they traded multiple second-round picks uh, for him. But he wasn't bad last night. 
I just don't think that's an option you could survive on. Dwayne Dedman is a center on their roster right now. Markeith Morris quietly has not played since Nikola Jokic leveled him uh, several weeks ago. He's been out with a, with a, with mm. a strained neck injury and still has not returned. And he's somebody who can play uh, at least a four and could help you sort of play a bigger lineup. You have P.J. Tucker there, but do you really want to throw him in at the five where he could potentially get dinged up, you know, playing against guys that are a lot bigger than him? And then you look at the free agent list. It's uh, Jaleel Okafor. Remember him? He's out there, not on the team right now. Uh, Myers Leonard, who the Heat had before, you know, and he's not no longer there. He's not on the team yeah, right now either. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, the center options aren't great. So, you know, are you going to try to get a Thaddeus Young from the Spurs who's unhappy with his role reportedly and wants to play more? How do you even execute that? So the Heat sort of have to figure this out and maneuver very quickly because if not, they're looking at potentially dropping the 500 sooner than later because the schedule, I mean, they have a couple games against the Milwaukee Bucks coming up. One of them is on the road. And on top of that, the East is just tough on a night-in, night-out basis minus, you know, maybe the Detroit Pistons. (laughs) Yeah, the Miami Heat this year, Brian, like you mentioned, 13-9 and straight up. Even the Cavs are a very tough test this year 12 and 10 straight up but the second best record against the number in the nba 15 5 and 2 is cleveland against the spread 13 5 and 1 ats as an underdog also the second best cover percentage as an underdog in the entire nba this year so we move from last night to tonight a great matchup at Madison Square Garden between the New York Knicks and the Chicago Bulls. The Bulls right now, the second or third best record, rather, against the number in the NBA, 14-8 and ATS, and are a two-point favorite on the road tonight at the Mecca against the Knicks. The over-under total currently on FanDuel has dropped a little bit. It's 210. Brian, what do you make of this matchup tonight between the Knicks and the Bulls? Well, they've played twice this year. Uh, the Knicks do have a win from October 28th. They beat them by one. Chicago returned a favor, beating them by six uh, a few weeks ago. For the last two or three weeks or so, the Knicks have had this alternate win-loss, win-loss thing going on. So uh, sort of sticking with that pattern, I will take them to win here and protect their home floor. Um, you know, if they're 500 for the rest of the year, I think Knicks fans would actually take that because that'll mean that they're in the playoffs or play-in in some form. Uh, because by virtue of being 500, you're, you know, you're doing all right in the Eastern Conference, especially these days because the Eastern Conference is very tough. Uh, RJ Barrett has been bad and is probably my most uh, disappointing, uh, you know, player that I had high hopes for coming into the season. It's a wordy way of saying that I think he should be a lot better, but I I expected a third year leave and we've actually gotten a significant uh, third year regression. I don't think it's all his fault. I actually don't think the Knicks played through him enough. I don't think that he's enough of a focal point of what they've done. I think that it's very catered to Julius Randle. And in the case of this year, it's a lot of three-point shooting. But, you know, he's only averaging 14, 6, and 2, which is, you know, kind of reminiscent of what we saw his rookie year or so. And he's only shooting 40% from the field. And the the weird thing is he had this five-game stretch between October 28th and November 5th, where he was averaging 25, 6, and 3 over the course of five games. And the Knicks actually played well. They went three and two. They beat the Bulls. They beat the Bucks. He was shooting 52, 50, 79, five free throw attempts per game, which he's not getting to the line enough either for my liking necessarily. But since then, he's only averaging 10 points a game on 32% shooting, 24% for the floor. His free throw shooting is in the the mid-60s. And his field goal attempts 
were 17 during that five-game stretch, all the way down to 11.6 since then and 2.6 free throw attempts per game. Like, he's just not doing very well. And Julius Randle, you know, he hasn't been great uh, so far this year either. And now you have the Kemba Walker situation where he's just straight up not going to be in the rotation. Um, after, you know, right. he's all right offensively, giving him more than what Alfred Payton did, I feel like, and actually shooting really well from three, 41%. But defensively, it was too much of an issue. And I'm surprised that he's out of the rotation. I'm not sure how you work him back. I'm not sure if you get rid of him, whatever the case may be. But, you know, that aside, yeah, I do I do think they're going to win tonight. I, I'm expecting a, a, a bounce-back performance for uh, for RJ Barrett at home. And I think, I think he gets it going at some point. I think he's too talented uh, to not – you know, just break out of this slump, but it's it's a it's a damning slump to this point. The Knicks have been good when booked as an underdog this year, four and two against the spread as a dog. RJ Barrett does not have a point prop listed yet on the FanDuel Sportsbook for tonight against the Bulls, but if that comes up, maybe a bounce back game at the Garden for RJ Barrett. On the other side, Brian, the Bulls right now are tied for the second best record straight up in the Eastern Conference at 14 and 8 overall. How sustainable do you think this success level is for Chicago this year? I have some concerns about their ability to get stops uh, late in games as we move on later on. Not with Alex Caruso and Lonzo Ball out there necessarily, but with everybody else. <laughs> you know, two 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 elite defenders could only do but so much. But look, the Bulls straight up have two all-stars this year. Zach Levine, DeMar DeRozan are playing like it. I think that we should both see them during all-star break uh, representing whichever team. I was going to say the Eastern Conference, but they don't do that anymore. They do team this versus <laughs> team that. So we'll see who they're going to represent. Um, might be team Giannis versus team Steph at this point. Um, and then Alex Caruso, he has a case for best perimeter defender in the NBA so far this season. Like He's really do he's like breaking the will of some of these guys, like forcing them to pick up their dribble in very uncomfortable spots. He's 6'5", so he's, you know, physical, and he's been able to really use his strength to sort of bully guys, it looks like, at times. He's so good at defense that, like, if you look at his college production, I believe he went to Texas A&M, he never even broke double-digit scoring, yet still yeah. found his way into the league. And granted, it took some time in the G League as well, but, like, that's that really speaks to how elite he is as a defender. And to me, he's one of the most enjoyable guys to watch. And then Lonzo Ball, he's been as good as I thought he was going to be in Chicago. You probably expected a few more assists, but the way they run their offense, like it's a lot of just guys sharing the ball. And it's a really fun, enjoyable offense to watch. And then Nikola Vucevic hasn't really gotten it going yet. Um, he did have 30, 14, and 5 in a win over Charlotte, you know, the last game they played, I believe that was on November 29th. But aside from that, like, you know, I'm not I'm not totally worried about the Bulls and their prospects. Like, I like that they just went for it, right? I like that they just went, got to Martha Rosen and was like, all right, look, maybe we won't win a championship, but look, we're not going to suck. We're going to be good. We're going to be somebody who gets into maybe the second round of the playoffs or whatever the case may be. We're going to be fun and exciting, and we're going to see how this goes and see how it works out. And I admire that a lot, and I think that they're going to be a dangerous playoff team. I just, you know, have some questions about – their defense, uh, especially on the interior. But I think for now, they're one of the most dangerous teams in the in the Eastern Conference. And the Suns were the hottest team in the NBA in action tonight. Phoenix has won 17 straight games. A team from the East that might be the second hottest team in the association. The Milwaukee Bucks, who have won eight straight games. Now on the second leg of a back-to-back, -back, the Bucks on the road in the Great White North 
against the Toronto Raptors. The Bucks, a four-point favorite against Toronto. The over-under total, 215. How good have the Bucks been lately here, Brian? And do you think they can keep this winning streak going tonight? They had a really fun win over Charlotte last night, too. Uh, I don't know if you caught the ending of that, but Giannis Antetokounmpo yeah. creating a layup late. Uh, LaMelo Ball hit a hit a game-tying three before that. Miles Bridges nearly won it with the half-court heave <laughs> at the very end that went in and out. That was, I mean, and Charlotte's been very exciting, too. But Milwaukee, like, they're, they're getting it together. Um, you know, they had some injury struggles. Brooke Lopez is still out. But they've had some injury struggles uh, throughout the year. Drew, uh, Drew Holiday's missed some time. Chris Middleton's missed some time. And Giannis, he looks like he's getting better still, which we do have to remember. He's 26, 27 years old. He's still very young uh, and really, and theoretically, just entering his prime. He's been great so far. And, you know, the other guys have to pick it up. I do want to shout out Bobby Portis here because he's one of the guys in the NBA who I really, really like and always defended and thought he was just he was just in bad situations leading up to his time with the Bulls. Yeah. And he became, in my opinion, the fourth best player on a championship team last year, averaging 15 and eight on 48, 43, 80 splits, shooting splits, 17 and nine as a starter shooting over 50 percent from the field. And, you know, I think that if he got to the free throw line more, he'd be even better. So I think that he's been great and sort of helped kept, kept them afloat so far. So, yeah, I'm rolling with the Bucks over the Raptors. Though the Raptors, they're 9-13. and 13. They started off 6-3. and three. They're 3-10 and 10 since. But they have a lot of fun players. They have, like, yeah. Fred Van Vliet. He's going to get all-star considera- consideration. OG Ananobi is going to get most improved player consideration. Scotty Barnes could win rookie of the year. Pascal Siakam been better as of late. They have a guy coming off the bench, a second-round pick named Delano Banton, who's a 6'9", sort of point, point forward. And the Raptors are very good at player development. I think he could be somebody. So I think this is going to be a fun game, and I think the Raptors are going to be a, a fun team to watch, even though I don't know if they're going to make the play-in. But I'll take the Bucks tonight. Delano Banton out of the University of Nebraska. Just a fun fact for you from a guy that's otherwise known as Big Ten Ben. The Raptors this year, 9-13 and 13 straight up. 8-14 and 14 against the number, the second-worst record against the spread in the NBA. We'll see if they can cover tonight as a four-point dog against the Bucks. Brian Fonseca from FanDuel giving you the NBA focus on this Thursday. Brian, thank you very much for your time. Always appreciate it. We'll do it again soon. Very, very soon. Thank you very much. Thursday night football also tonight. That starts week number 13 in the National Football League. That's where our attention is for the best bets of the day. Bye, bye, bye. Coming up on the other side of the break here on the morning app. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com.
We round out the morning after on this Thursday. Our three hours together here on the grid are about to come to a close. You've been listening on Sirius XM channel 159, the new home for Sports Grid Radio on Sirius XM and watching all across the Sports Grid Network. I am Ben Stevens. But before we finish happy hour, before we finish TMA on this Thursday, before we say farewell, before we say goodbye, it is time for bye bye bye. Thursday night football in New Orleans, Louisiana. The Dallas Cowboys, a six-point road favorite currently at the New Orleans Saints. The over-under total for this game is 47. On one side for the Saints, it's Taysom Hill making his first start at quarterback this year. On the other, it's Dakota Prescott. Dak Prescott, as you may know him, the starting quarterback for the Dallas Cowboys. And the great thing for Dak tonight, all of his receivers, for the most part, are back in action ready to go for Thursday night football. And my focus when it comes to those receivers, C.D. Lamb. His reception yards prop tonight on the FanDuel Sportsbook, 63 and a half. Here's why I think you are getting a slightly low number on C.D. Lamb and his receiving yards prop tonight. He missed Thanksgiving due to, to concussion protocol. He was only available for a little bit of that first half against the Kansas City Chiefs two Sundays ago. But, when C.D. Lamb has been fully healthy this year, in the nine games he has been fully healthy for Dallas, he has gone over that number of 63 and a half seven times. So over in seven of the nine games when he has been fully healthy for the Dallas Cowboys this year of that receiving yards prop of 63 and a half. He is still the most targeted receiver on the Dallas Cowboys, 77 targets in connection with Dak Prescott this year. And when he goes over that number of 63 and a half, which he has done seven times, he is averaging 98.6 receiving yards per game. C.D. Lamb over 63 and a half receiving yards tonight. The morning after each and every weekday right here on The Grid. I'm Ben Stevens. We'll talk tomorrow at 9 a.m. Eastern. Are you one of us? We've just got one question. Do you like games? We do. Do 